You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friends, this morning? That's good. I'm very excited to come around the Word with you this morning. And, you know, this Word is a Word that's been something that God has been teaching me on and challenging me on. And, you know, my prayer, my heart is that you'll be encouraged, that you will be challenged in a good way as we move forward in these new seasons in our lives. So let's open in prayer. Lord God, I just thank you that, that you are a faithful and good God, that you are constantly teaching us, guiding us and growing us. And Holy Spirit, as I speak this morning, would you speak to each of our hearts sooner you can Would you minister to us? Would you show us what you want to show us through this word? And I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. So has anyone um, been on a plane here before? Put your hand up if you've been on a plane. Good, I'm in good company. Majority of people have here. Now, something that always happens on a plane when you're in the taxiway and as you're starting to take off is the safety briefing. Has anyone encountered that safety briefing before? Yeah. Now, generally, there's two types of people in the world. The ones who listen very intently to the safety briefing. Are you one of those people? Be honest. I'm not, I'll be honest. Or are you the other type of person who kind of goes, I've done this a million times before, I don't need to listen to the safety briefing. You're like, yeah, a few people there. Or maybe you're in between. Let's, let's, Let's not generalize that you completely listen or don't listen. You might go, you listen to part of it, or they might entertain you a little bit by doing something funny, and then you listen a bit more intently. But there's always a safety briefing. And something that I always remember that they say is, you know, in the event of emergency, in the event of something unforeseen, it is the crew that will be most helpful to you. It is the crew that is most helpful to you, it will take care of you. Um, and so when we fly, we entrust ourselves to the pilot. We entrust ourselves to the crew, you know, the air steward, the air stewardesses. And so if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Stewarding Well. And it's an interesting one because we don't use the word steward a lot, but I always think of when I hear the word steward, I think of an air steward or an air stewardess, that they they care for you, that they we entrust ourselves to them when we fly. So what does stewardship mean? Like what, how do we define it? The dictionary defines stewardship from the root word of steward as the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. See, in church, I suppose we often talk about stewardship in terms of finances. But can I encourage you to think it's so much more than that? Like when we talk about good self-care, healthy self-care, that's good stewardship. We talk about health, wellness, environmental consciousness. These all speak of being careful and responsible with something that's entrusted to it. This is stewardship, my friends. See, stewardship is something that we see in the Bible from early days, from Genesis 1 and 2. God creates the earth. He then creates Adam and Eve, and he places them in the Garden of Eden. And he says to them to manage and care for it. In Genesis 2.15, the Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to work the soil and take care of the garden to work the soil and take care of the garden. Now, I'm going to be honest here. I'm not much of a gardener, but there are a few people who are good gardeners. I think of Christine and Graham. You know, when you garden, there's multiple elements to it, but two things I've noticed with my limited experience with gardening is there's an element of preserving or taking care of what's already there, but there's also an element of cultivating things to grow, so cultivating new things. So, you know, you pull out weeds, you water what's already there, but if you want to see things grow, you plant new seeds, you sow new seeds. And that's part of stewardship. And when you think about that, that stewardship is not just looking after what's already there, 
but cultivating things to grow, managing and caring for things well. So if we think about God creating everything, that He has entrusted things to us, He has given the task, the word stewardship, of carefully and responsibly managing things, stewarding well, what then are we called to steward today? The question I ask myself, what am I called to steward today? What are you called to steward today? I've got to remember to say steward as well, because yesterday I was saying it and it was like steward, like the name, steward, it's a D. So remind me of that. So what are we called to steward today? Anything and anyone that God has entrusted to us. Anything that anyone that God has entrusted to us, we are called to steward. That first starts with ourself, our health, our personal growth, whether it's our physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, our gifts, our talents, our abilities, what God has entrusted us, the abilities He's given you, the gifts He's given you. Perhaps it's our relationships, our family, our children. The work that He's given us, whether it's our work, our study, our family, the earth, all these things, anything and everyone, and anyone that God has entrusted to us, we are called to steward well. And can I encourage you, my friends, that I already see people stewarding well within our church. You know, I think of Vanessa, who recently, she knows she's got a, she's got a gift of a voice to sing. And recently she said, look, I want to I be part of the creative team and use that voice in the worship team. How good is that, shooting well? She's also made changes in her life to see her physical health improve. What an amazing opportunity or step that she's taken towards shooting well. I think of another person who in an appointment with me said to me that, do you know what, I want to work through some of these issues in my past so I don't bring them into my future relationships a heart to steward things well, a heart to steward their own personal growth to see change in their lives. You know, I think of Pastor Rachel, who's in Gateway Kids at the moment, that she was given the task of caretaking for Gateway Kids, but she's learned to steward as well. She's growing in stewarding well. She's wanting to grow in it. She's wanting to develop her skills, hone her abilities in leading Gateway Kids. See, can I encourage you, church? We're already on that journey of stewarding well. You're already on that journey, but let's continue on with it. You know, Jesus talks about shooting well in the Bible, in a particular passage in Matthew 25, which is commonly or most famously known as the parable of the talents. It goes from Matthew 25 verses 14 to 18. I'll summarize this story and try and keep it as brief and simple as possible. But in this story, Jesus tells of a man who goes away for a long time. Before he goes away, though, he entrusts his money to his servants while he's gone, his three servants. He gives them a varying amount of silver depending on their ability. So to one servant, he gives five. To another, he gives two bags of silver. And to one, he gives one, each to their ability to manage. He then goes away and the servant with the five bags of silver invests the money and he gets five more bags. The servant with two bags of silver went to work and earns two more bags of silver. See, going back to the start about tending the garden, they didn't just care for what they had. They cultivated growth. The five bags of silver, they got another five. The two bags of silver, they got another two. However, the servant with the one bag buried it and hid it because he was afraid he would lose it. When the man returned from the trip, remembering Jesus is telling this story, he asked each servant to give an account of how they had managed what was entrusted to them. For the servants who had doubled their bags, this is the man's response in Matthew 25, 23. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. What an amazing word that their responsible management got the encouragement of their master, but also it led to more things being entrusted to their care. Their good stewardship led to more things being entrusted to their care. 
But on the flip side, we see the servant who hid the bag, who received some strong words. The master was like, you could have at least invested it and got some interest on it. The third servant, lack of proper care and management, saw him lose what was intended for him. You know, we might hear this story and think that sounds pretty strong or harsh. But can I encourage you to hear the heart here? That God has entrusted each of us with something. Each of us, everyone in this room, if you're watching online, God has entrusted each of us with something. Gifts, abilities, loved ones to care for. And you and I each have to be responsible with what's entrusted to us. Ourselves, others, whatever has been entrusted to us. It's each unique to our abilities. Each servant had different varying abilities, but they each had to steward it well. And can I encourage you, there are benefits of stewarding well, but there's also consequences for not responsibly caring for what God has entrusted to us. Can I encourage you this morning? You know, it may, it may seem like a, a heavy word, but it isn't because we get this great opportunity. We have this opportunity. We have a responsibility, but also an opportunity to steward well all that is entrusted to us. So the question I asked this morning, and I asked myself these two questions. Am I being responsible with what God has entrusted to me? Are you and I being responsible with what God has entrusted to us? The other question is perhaps, which of these servants do you identify with? Is it the one with the five or two bags of silvers that you know, you're kicking goals and, and working at what God has given you? Or perhaps you feel like a little bit like the one with the one bag of silver that just wants to hide away and not, and not deal with that. You know, here my heart here, it's not to be harsh, but to encourage you to just reflect on where you're at. Because if I'm completely honest, there's sometimes I feel like the person with the one bag of silver, particularly in this area, the area of ministry, those who know me well, you know, I've always got a little bit of a natural hesitation towards ministry. And, you know, a lot of it comes from stuff I've grown up with, a culture I grew up with where there was always this pressure to perform or meet expectations. And sometimes I'm like, no, God, I know you've given me gifts and abilities to speak here, to minister, but I kind of want to resist that because I'm not sure how it'll go. See, I want to be like that one, that one, that bag, that man with the one bag of silver and kind of hide it away. Even though I know God has put abilities and gifts on my life, it's kind of like, it's easier to hide it away than to, to work on it and to develop that ability. So I need to grow in being responsible for managing what God has placed upon my life, stewarding well what He has entrusted to me. So I'm on this journey right with you. But if we say shooting well is important, if there's benefits of shooting well and consequences for not shooting well, what does it actually look like? Because it can seem like a very pie in the sky abstract concept, this whole idea of stewarding well. What are some practical points on how we can steward well? Well, I think the Bible is a really good example to go to, to look for examples to shooting well. We see stories of multiple people who shoot it well. I think of Noah, who was entrusted with this thing of building a boat when he's never seen rain, having to steward well the building of the ark, bringing all the animals in and navigating a flood when a flood had never hit the earth. I think of Daniel in exile, having to steward himself when everyone else was eating this rich, fancy food, saying that he needs to eat simple, you know, fruit and vegetables and water. Him maintaining his prayer life when he was challenged against it. I think of Mary stewarding well. You know, she received this supernatural, almost crazy promise of delivering the savor of the world. And she had to steward that well in her heart. She had to manage her life, herself, in stewarding that promise. There's so many examples in the Bible of people who stewarded well. But Joseph was someone who stewarded well as well. Joseph is someone who has some practical points, his story, on how we can steward well. So let's look at the story of Joseph. It spans a lot of chapters from Genesis 7, 37 to 50. So let's, let's start from Genesis 37, where we, we see Joseph as a young boy. Joseph has these dreams that he has from God to rule and reign over the nations. 
You know, he has a calling of leadership on this life. Now, these dreams are given by God. And later on in the story, we see why they're given by God. But this is important to note that the leadership calling upon his life, although it started off with his, him as an arrogant teenager, it was actually a God-given calling of leadership on his life. It was something that God had entrusted to him, that leadership calling on his life. However, as we continue on in this story, that as a result of family conflict, Joseph ends up being sold into slavery. We pick up the story in Genesis 39 verses 1 to 6. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't have to worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. You see, we see this amazing story of Joseph being in a position of, of slavery, but still seeing such breakthroughs, such positive outcomes, that there was such success granted to his master's house, despite the situations he was in. It says in multiple verses that God was with Joseph, God blessed Joseph. So can I encourage you that God enabled Joseph to steward well? That God was the one who enabled Joseph to steward well, that God was with Joseph. He granted him success. He blessed Joseph's master because of Joseph. See, in line with his leadership calling, if we see his leadership calling over here, God gave Joseph the opportunity to have this responsibility in Potiphar's house to develop that call of leadership that was on his life. So that was the life of Joseph. But how does that apply to you and I today? Can I encourage you this morning that God gives you and I the grace and ability to be good stewards? God gives you and I the grace and ability to be good stewards. See, good stewarding doesn't just rely on us. It starts with God. I don't know about you, but that takes the pressure off a little bit because it can sometimes be a little bit overwhelming to be like, there's so many things I need to work on. I'm a work in progress. I'm on this journey, but it just can be overwhelming that there's so many things that I feel like I need to work on. But can I encourage you that we can ask God to help us? He gives you the grace and ability. He gives me the grace and ability to stew it well. Psalm 37.5 says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. What an amazing promise that you and I can commit what we do to the Lord, the things that we have to steward, our family, ourselves, our health, whatever it looks like, we can commit it to God, asking Him to lead Him and guide us and that we can trust Him to help us. And can I encourage you, I've seen the evidence of this in my own life, you know, around the area of building my first home. I look back on that season from when I bought the land in 2020 to today and I actually see like that was actually God's grace and ability. Like hindsight's a good thing that way, right? But God's grace and ability to steward well. There was this like supernatural ability. Like I'm naturally quite a saver, but there was a supernatural ability to save like in that season. And yes, I had to give up like or give up on some optional extras and I had to be responsible with the money was entrusted to me. But God gave me the ability to be able to do that. You know, it was God's provision in various forms, whether it be extra work um, through COVID when I had to pick up extra shifts, a generous gift from my parents, a share house situation where I end up having to pay less rent than I would have than if I was in a, in a normal sort of house renting situation. 
you know, God's faithfulness and goodness, God gave me the grace and ability to be a good steward in that season. And this is not something that's unique to me. Can I encourage you that God gives each and, one, each and every one of us the grace and ability to be good stewards. God helps us steward well. So let that encourage you this morning. You know, stewardship can seem like something that's heavy and challenging, but God gives you the ability and the grace to steward well. So it starts with God. But then what is our part? What part do we have to play in stewarding well? Let's keep looking at Joseph's story. We see Joseph faces temptation from Potiphar's wife in this story while he's working for Potiphar. But he behaves, with, on, he behaves honorably and with integrity. In Genesis 39 verses 8 to 9, But Joseph refused, he said to Potiphar's wife, when she was tempting him. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held nothing back from me except you because you're his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. How good was Joseph in this circumstance? He maintained his personal character despite the circumstances. So how does this apply to you and I today? Friends, can I encourage you? Developing our personal character is part of stewarding well. See, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about getting it right all the time. But each one of us is a work in progress. And our benchmark or our goal standard is not other people. But instead, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we look at developing our character to be like Jesus, to be more Christ-like. He's our benchmark. He's our goal standard in following his lead. That's what it says in Ephesians 1, 5 verses 1 to 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Developing our personal character. So what areas could this personal character development be in? Is it our thoughts, words, or actions? Perhaps it's how we speak to our spouse, our children, our family, our colleagues, our boss, our friends. Do we talk back? I used to talk back to my parents a lot as a teenager. I don't do it anymore, promise. You know, it could be sarcasm. Could be being rude or reacting in anger. Maybe it's in our thought life. We might not say anything, but maybe we hold on to feelings of resentment, offence, frustration, that we might not say anything, but we hold those feelings. Could it be in our behaviour, our silent treatment, not wanting to submit to authority, being reactive or inflammatory in different situations, perhaps developing our characters around moving past inappropriate, unhealthy habits. You know, hear my heart here, I don't want it to be heavy in that way, but I know there's areas in my personal character that I need to grow in. I too am a work in progress, and it can be challenging at times because, let's be honest, it's easier to stay where we're at. But can I encourage you, there's great outcome of working on your personal character. There's great benefit into that, and we see that in the story of Joseph. You know, even last week, I was reminded of there's areas that I need to grow in my personal character. There was a frustrating situation at work and I went away from that situation just wanting to like withdraw and not deal with it and give the silent treatment to the person that had frustrated me. Then I got that little little nudge, you know, that little Holy Spirit nudge as I like to call it, that little like, you know, and it was, it was like take some time to just reflect on why you're feeling that way. You know, so I put some worship music on and I just spent some time praying and listening to the worship music. And let's be honest, there was tears as there usually are. And there were words of frustration that I expressed to God because of the situation and the injustice that I felt in that situation. Um, 
But in that moment, you know, Holy Spirit gently nudged me in, and he gave me such clarity and peace. But he also, but he also gave me the opportunity to talk about it, and that was something that was helping it, helpful to me to talk to someone who I trusted to be like, am I being unreasonable here? Like, can you challenge what might be a bias in my mind? Can you, can you tell me if I'm being unreasonable, if there's something I need to work at further? You know, it was helpful to gain that objective view. So can I encourage you? This is not something that's unique to me. In developing our character, we can ask Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit for areas that you need to grow in. You know, you, like you might already know them or you might not. But the Bible talks about Holy Spirit guiding us into all truth in John 16, 13. That when things rise up, that you can take that pause. That you can take that moment to reflect. Ask God, why am I feeling this way? Why am I getting frustrated? Why am I getting upset? Can I encourage you that as you do, he will bring revelation, but he will also bring strategy and he will help you. You know, Romans 12, 2 talks about God, God renewing our mind daily, changing the way we think, renewing the way we think and helping us with those thoughts that are not helpful. But can I encourage you as well in developing your character, you can speak to trusted people, whether that's a pastor, whether that's a professional, a psychologist or a counsellor, whether that's a friend, a trusted friend. You know, it's helpful to get a different perspective We've all got biases in our life. Like I said, I had to have that conversation because I'm like, am I being unreasonable here? Is there something in me that's being biased in this situation? That we all have biases, that we need, we need to be deliberate in that, in seeking out wise counsel. It gives us a different perspective, but it also creates a level of healthy accountability. We all need that in our life, you know. We as the church, we're on this journey together. And then I encourage you to find the right people to share those things with when those areas in your personal character come up. You know, peers might not always be the best because they probably will see it similar to you. But someone that you trust, a trusted friend, a pastor, a professional. Can I encourage you that, that as you go on that journey of developing your character, that Holy Spirit will bring those things to light. But once you have revelation of those things, there's a responsibility on us to take action. There's responsibility for us to take action. This is part of stewarding well. So let's continue on with Joseph's story that he worked on his personal character. But let's continue to see how he maintained his character and the outcome of that. Well, the story doesn't get positive straight away, I'm sorry to say. As a result of maintaining his character, as a result of working on his personal character, Joseph finds himself in prison. He's wrongfully accused and put into prison. But I love the story of Joseph because even in that circumstance, even though things went from bad to worse, we see how Joseph stewarded well. In Genesis 39, verses 21 to 23. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with Joseph and caused everything he did to succeed. See, we see the story of Joseph again having success in prison. And spoiler alert towards the end of the story that Joseph ends up being the second in charge in Egypt over the whole nation. But you know, I look at that, that part that God provided a place for preparation. If you imagine someone being the 2IC, the prime minister of the nation, they have to be pretty good at like public relations, administration, like management skills. And that's exactly what Joseph was able to do in the prison. He was in charge of everything. He was in charge of all the other people. Joseph took care of everything. Everything was entrusted to him. See, Joseph had to choose to cultivate what was entrusted to him. 
He didn't just resign himself to the situation. Oh, well, I'm in prison. I'm going to hide my one bag of silver and stay here and take my lot. But I'm going to be responsible for what God has entrusted to him. Joseph honed and refined his skills in what God entrusted to him. He took action to hone his management skills. See, he doesn't say that specifically in the, in the scripture. But why do I say that he did that? Why do I say that he worked to hone his management skills? Well, we see both his authorities, both in Potiphar's house and prison, placing things under his care. Now, if you're someone who's been in a management position or someone who, who has been under management, if you're not doing your job very well, you don't generally get put into a management position. So the fact that he kept being, having things entrusted to his care says to me that he was responsible for what was entrusted to him. He was stewarding well. We see Potiphar put him in charge of his household. It said earlier on the scripture, Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except what he needed to eat. In verse 23 of Genesis 29, the warden paid attention, no attention to anything other under Joseph's care. See, if someone was doing a job well, you could leave them unsupervised. You could leave them to do what you'd call them to do. Joseph was allowed to carry out his responsibilities independently. He proved himself trustworthy. Both Potiphar's house and the prison were training grounds for Joseph to refine, to hone his abilities in what God entrusted to him. So friends, what does this mean for you and I today? Can I encourage you that stewarding well involves action on our part? Refining what God has entrusted to us. Learning, growing, developing. You know, it's not, and it's not again in a, in a heavy way to be like, this is all the things you've got to do. But there is action involved. In Colossians 3, it talks about whatever you do, whatever work you do, to do it with all your heart. Work it with all your heart because it's actually Jesus that we are serving. So what could that look like for us today? What could this action of refining what has been trusted to us, refining what we are stewarding look like? Perhaps it's study or a course, whether it's self-paced in your own time or an actual formal course, a course on relationships like emotionally healthy spirituality, alpha or Bible college to deepen your, your spiritual growth. Perhaps it's a budgeting course if finances are something you, you want to grow in. Perhaps it's reading a book or listening to podcasts. You know, if you've got a leadership calling on your life or if you believe you want to do something in administration, maybe it's a, a book that you read or a podcast that you listen to. What could this action look like? Perhaps it's develop, developing healthy habits or discipline, sufficient rest, going to bed earlier, going on holidays, having a rest, having Sabbath, taking days off. You know, I'm so excited when I think of even just looking at you guys, Pastor Grant and Christine, how like over the last couple of years, you've had these great opportunities to take holidays. Then you're stewarding well yourselves and, and your work-life balance that you've had that opportunity to steward well in that area. A healthy lifestyle, exercise, good nutrition. That's part of stewarding well. Perhaps instead of actioning what God has entrusted you, it's working through stuff, booking a pastoral appointment with intent. You know, I was talking to Pastor Lee early in the week and he said to me something that I thought was quite powerful that it's so good when people book a pastoral appointment with intent that they put like, I'm catching up with you because of da, da, da. That there's an intention that, that hey, you know, I've noticed this area in my life that I want to work through, that I want to be responsible. I want to steward well this area and I want to grow in this area. So I'm going to be intentional about it. Perhaps actioning stewarding well for you looks like talking to a professional whether it is a psychologist, a counsellor, maybe it's your doctor about a niggling health issue that's been hanging around for a while. Maybe it's a financial advisor. 
You know, whatever it may look like, there is action that we have to take. And I liken it a little bit to professional development in any job. See, as a pharmacist, every year I have to fulfill a certain number of hours of continuing education in order to continue my, maintain my pharmacist registration. And so it's not so, it's not so legalistic for us, but perhaps can I encourage you to consider that as followers of Jesus, as we continue to grow, as we're stewarding well, there's an element that we need to act in growing and developing all that God has entrusted for us. And can I encourage you, I already see you guys doing this well. There's lots of you who are doing this well. I think of Dudley, who said to me that, you know, a while back that he decided to do outdoor leadership at university because he definitely sees that there's like a mentoring or leadership gift for young people upon his life, but also in providing for, for Tani and the family that doing, doing that at uni provided a, a, a different or a different kind of stability in terms of income for the family. That's actioning what God had entrusted to him. I think of Sass, who's in the preschool crèche today, who in her role as support worker decided to do some further study. And can I encourage you, there was outcome that she, it helped her do her job a lot better. And recently, her boss spoke to her about how good she's doing her job, that he wanted to give her a promotion, that she's being trained into a promoted role. See, friends, there's outcome in stewarding well. There's outcome in taking that action to steward well. So well done as you guys keep doing it. Stay the course as you do that. So can I ask you this morning, how are you cultivating or honing what God has entrusted to you? Joseph worked at what was entrusted to him. Joseph cultivated growth. Like the servants with five bags of silver or two bags of silver, he didn't resign himself to a situation and hide the one bag. He worked at what God entrusted to him. But can I encourage you, there's outcome with it. There's outcome from shooting well. See, it's all not just heavy, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. There's outcome from shooting well. Joseph walked in the fullness of his dream. Joseph walked in the fullness of the leadership calling that was upon his life. Joseph lived out his God-given calling. So there's a positive outcome for him. But can I encourage you by stewarding well, Joseph positively influenced the nation of Egypt and surrounding nations. See, Joseph's stewarding well wasn't just for him, it was for the nations. That he saw food provided for multiple people in a time of famine. That friends, when you and I steward well, there's great outcomes for us. But when you and I steward well, there's great outcomes for those around you in your sphere of influence. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. As you're a faithful steward, as you're a good steward of what God has entrusted to you, that it has outcomes for you, but it has positive outcomes for those around you. Amazing outcomes come from stewarding well. We see this in the life of Joseph. I see this in the lives of multiple people within our church, for you and for others. And so as I wrap up this morning, let me encourage you with a short testimony of seeing the positive outcomes of stewarding well in my life. You know, in particular around my relationship with Bevan, you know, you might look at us today and be like, oh, these guys are engaged, cool. But you know, the, the outcome that you see today, there's lots of background work even before there was anything happening with this, there was background work that I had to do on myself. There was areas that I had to work on in my personal character, things that I'd grown up with, things like not wanting to deal with issues, not wanting to confront issues, wanting to give the silent treatment when things got hard rather than working through issues. See, there were things I had to work through for myself in order to come into a place to be in a healthy relationship. 
Because if I didn't work through those things first, then I would have brought those issues, that baggage into our relationship. And it's the same for him. There was stuff he had to work through as well in order for us to get into this place today. See, we both had to develop our character. But I have to take action then. I continually have to take action in refining and working on what God has entrusted to us. Things like doing emotionally healthy spirituality, seeking out wise counsel from Pastor and Pastor Ney, being accountable to each other and to our leaders. What you see today is the fruit of shooting well. And hear my heart here, we're, like, we're still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. But I'm so thankful to God for His, for his faithfulness and His, his goodness in, in refining me and growing me so that I can be in this place today. You know, I, I walk into the, into the future with, with confidence and assurance that God's faithfulness and goodness is, is with us and for us, is with you and for you. That God will continue to give you and I the grace and ability to steward well. We will continue to stay the course of refining our characters and working on what God has entrusted to us. Why? Because I want to see the outcome of good stewardship for our life, for our future, but also for the lives of those around us. And can I encourage you again? This is not something that's unique to me. This is for you, each and every one of you in the room, if you're watching online. We can be people who grow together in stewarding well in responsibly caring and managing what God has entrusted to you and I. So let's stay the course. Let's stay the course. Stay the course in developing our personal character. Stay the course in actioning areas that that are requiring growth. You know, maybe even as I've been speaking, there's areas that you sort of feel that little nudge, that little thought in your head that that's something I need to work on. Be assured that God will help you with that. You know, He doesn't nudge you with that or bring it to your mind to make you feel guilt or feel awful about it. But to bring you to a place of freedom, to bring you to a place of breakthrough, to bring you to a place where you can overcome it, giving you the grace and ability to steward well. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus personally, uh, we talk about being able to steward gifts and steward responsibilities, but the first thing that you need to be able to steward well is a relationship with God. Without a relationship with God, It doesn't really count for anything. It's just motions. But with a relationship with God, we have a perfect connection with God. Not separated, not separated from God the Father, but a perfect one-on-one relationship with Him. And today I want to encourage you, God wants to give you that gift of a relationship with Him. How do I know that? Well, that's why I sent Jesus. Sent Jesus to earth to walk amongst us as a human to go to the cross, to be buried and rise again on the third day. Why? So that our sins could be forgiven, no longer separated from God, so that we could have the ultimate gift. His sacrifice today is our gain. Amen. So He he took what we deserved, gave us the gift. And I, I just want to, just with our eyes closed for a moment, if you don't know Jesus personally, this is your opportunity today to respond to God to respond to Jesus' hope, to respond to the gift of eternal life, salvation through Jesus. And if that's you today, I'm just going to invite you just just really briefly, 
just going to ask you to lift your hand up. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down and say, yeah, that, that's me. I, I want the gift of salvation. I want to know Jesus personally. I want a relationship with God. Is there anyone in this place say, yeah, that's me? Just pop your hand up, then you can put it straight back down. Is there anyone today? Don't, don't let this moment pass you by. God loves you so much. May have known of God, may have been raised in a home that knew of God, but have never responded personally to a relationship with God. Is there anyone today say, yeah, that, that's me? This is, this is what we're going to do today. Awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. We're going to pray a prayer this morning. It's a prayer of salvation. And uh, can I invite the entire church to pray this prayer? Look, maybe you didn't put your hand up today because you're like, oh, that's a bit much for me. But I just want to encourage you today. Pray this prayer. It's about the prayer. It's about inviting Jesus into your heart. Why don't you pray this after me? Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus. He went to the cross, went to the grave and rose again so that I could be forgiven of all my sins. From this day on, I choose to follow Jesus. I surrender my life. I call upon the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.